right, it's time for our kids to be dismissed to Children's Church. You guys can head on back with Miss Tamara this morning, who rightfully let me know that you were uh, clapping for her and not me, right? If you have your Bibles, you can take them out. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians this morning. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at one verse. uh, In chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 12, all right? We'll break that down a little bit. So we're talking about the mission and vision of Mount Salem Baptist Church. And so last week we talked about discipleship. Today we're going to be talking about fellowship. The the great poet John Mellencamp. Yeah, I was wondering who was going to get that for me this morning, right? John Mellencamp's a rock singer from back in the 80s, all right? So he's not a great poet. John Mellencamp says in one of his songs, Life goes on long after what? The thrill of living is gone, all right? When we are living life, we want it to be about thrills, and we want it to be about fun, and we want it to be about all this excitement. But Mallencamp is right. Life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. So there has to be something that's in our life that makes it worth living or gives it value. Not only gives it value, but imparts joy into our lives so that we might be inspired to go out and continue to live. So when we talk about today fellowship, I want you to keep that theme in mind for us, all right? The world wants a life that is built upon thrills, and that grows into an emptiness, all right? And gives way to an emptiness. The life that I'm talking about living, a life lived in fellowship with each other today, is a life that brings fullness, a life that brings joy, a life that where things come in and things go out, all right? The term that's in the New Testament that's used a number of times to speak of this type of fellowship is the word called koinonia, all right? It's K-O-I-N-O-I-A, koinonia. What it means in the general terms is Christian fellowship among the body of believers. In Baptist life, that means we eat together, all right? That was a joke. Do you get that? Christian fellowship and Baptist life is all about food, is it not? It's all centered around food. That's why preachers in the Baptist faith look like this, all right? They look like this is because we eat all the time. It's the way that we fellowship with each other. We feel like that it has to have food. But really what it is, it's an intimate spiritual communion and participative sharing in a common religious commitment and spiritual community. So really what koinonia is, it's not living in commune with each other, but it is a sense where we build community in our lives, all right? Because when we have to understand when we have true life, we have fellowship. That fellowship that involves life is something that gives us an inspiration to live for something and with others. And as that happens, a life is built up. That's what our the scripture says, that when we live in community with each other, we're about building each other up. There's an encouragement. There's, a, there's an essence. There's an aura about a place where you know that life is in. How many of you have ever walked in a dead church before? Have you ever done that? Yeah. I'm sure that pretty much everybody in here has walked in a place where you thought and felt like there was no life or that that it was dead. I've walked in and out of churches as a minister in a community where I had served for a number of years in in another church just being able to visit on a different Sunday. Walk in and walk out without anybody shaking my hand, speaking to me, or barely making eye contact with me. And so what we don't realize is, is that we get introverted in who we are. We turn in 
So when life happens, there's an exuberance about who we are. We are excited about being in church. Woohoo! We're about excited, excited about being together. There's nothing that I'm going to be able to do besides electric shock to get y'all going today, is there? All right? Well, there's an excitement about being together. There's a longing for being together. We miss each other's presence. We're not trying to avoid each other. We're trying to be together, all right? That's what this is all about. This is what life does for us. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says this, For even as the body is one, yet has many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ. The first thing that I want you to see is that the body is one. It is one entity, all right? We are one entity. We're a congregation. We're an assembly of believers, a church. We are called out, all right? We live in fellowship, and there's a life that has brought through this body to us. Now, I want you to think about something for a moment. If we don't have life, and our life, there's not life in our body of believers, there's no desire for people to be together. There's no desire for us to belong, and there's no desire to be inspired by those who are around us because we don't like each other. That's not what Scripture's calling us to. Scripture's calling us to a oneness. Now, look, I know that you probably have been like me, and you've sat through times before, and you can go, well, if this particular person says one, any, if she says or he says one more thing, I think I'm just going to get up and leave. I've had enough. Well, that person may be there tonight to allow something to get off of their chest or that they need to share with the body of believers so that it might bring about healing in their life. And when we stand up and do something that draws away from that or breaks that, we break that oneness. You see, we really need each other. We don't think we do. There's a lot of believers today who are tuned into a TV somewhere watching some famous pastor, and they think that that's all they ever need. That's all we ever need. We don't need anything else because, you know what, it's just me and the Lord. Yeah, you know what, that is half of the relationship. It is the most important half of the relationship, you and your relationship to God. But Scripture says that we're to have a relationship with others. In fact, that is the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love who? Your neighbor as yourself. The Ten Commandments. The first ten, out of the Ten Commandments, the first four deal with our relationship with God. The last six deal with our relationship with each other. See, we're supposed to have interpersonal relationships with other folks. We can't do this by ourselves. Scripture says that when you have 99 sheep and there's a lost one, you're to go out and leave the 99 and go find the lost one. But yet we cull ourselves out of the, out of the flock all the time because we're angry, upset, disgruntled about something that was done or something that was said. We break fellowship. When we break fellowship with each other, we lose life. So as we're sitting here thinking about how we are going to be Christ-like in our lives, inspiring many to believe, the first thing that we need to, to realize is that we have to have life with each other. And that that is one entity, a congregation, an assembly of believers, a church. We are called out. That's called ecclesia. We are called out from the world to be together. Matthew 16, 18 says this, Upon this rock I will build 
my church. This is not my personal church. This is not your personal church. This is the church of Jesus Christ. He's the one that died for it. He's the one upon which it is founded. So it's not about my feelings, and it's not about your feelings. It's about what the Lord would have us to do collectively together as one, in, in, one entity, all right? And though we have many members, we are independent. There's a diversity that's with distinction among us. And what I mean by this is we are all independent. We all have our own personality. We all have our own skill set. We all have our own giftedness for certain areas, for certain things. Now, the reason that God brings us together is to make us all complete and to make us whole. So if we were all just alike, we'd have a big problem, right? If everybody here was a preacher, we'd be rotating one out of every 52 weeks for you to get up and be able to speak, right? If we were all Sunday school teachers, then there'd be nobody to sit and listen in the class, would there? All right? If we were all people who fix food, we'd all be fat, wouldn't we? Y'all are just, I'm, y'all are a boiled egg today, man. I am not cracking y'all at all, all right? I'm just going to, like, peel the skin off, all right? That's all we've got. Hard as a rock, all right? Here, we are independent with diversity, with distinctions. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 says this, For just as we have many members in one body, and all members do not have the same function. We do not have the same function. Everybody does not do the same thing. That's why we have been brought here together. We all have gifts and skill sets that are different. So it's not only our spiritual gifts, it's our experiences that are different. You may have the same skill set as someone else in this this congregation, in this assembly, in this body of believers, but your experiences are different. And because your experiences are different, that makes your skill set to teach, speak, lead other people different than the person that may have the same giftedness that's sitting in this room. That's important because God brings different people to a congregation for healing, for uplifting, for encouragement, and a place for them to be able to grow to send them out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if we were to read on in different verses down further, in verses 14 through 17, it says this, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, Because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for reason any then less than the part of the body. It is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if an ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an, were an eye, where would, where would be the hearing be? Excuse me, I'm reading terribly this morning. If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? In other words, our body is not one big eye. Our body is not one big ear. Our our body is not one big mouth. Our body is made up of all of that. There are those of you who are in this congregation who are contemplative, who want to know all the information to ascertain the best possible outcome. They're called CPAs, isn't that right, Victoria? All right? And then there's people like me who if you tell me one sentence, I can make a decision just like that. I don't have all the information, but the most important thing for me is that the decision be made. Now, the truth be known, 
is that she and I work very well together, I think. All right? She may not think so. She may think I probably drive her crazy. Because she'll say, Brother Tim, what should I do about this? And I'll say, Victoria, you just write down and do whatever you want to and then send it back to me and I'll give my approval or whatever on it and we'll see if we're on the same page. And she does that all the time. And her stuff is good. But I don't give her enough direction. Because she's a very detailed person. So from someone like me, she's looking for detail. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> I am not a detailed person. I am big old picture, all right? Big picture. So you guys, I always come up to me and you go, Pastor Tim, what should we do about this? And I'm going, whatever you want to do about that, <laughs> that, that works for me. See, I'm trying to empower you. I'm trying to empower you <laughs> to be able to make these decisions on your own. That's the kind of way it flows for me, all right? But I will tell you this, there have been times where she's come to me with an idea and I've said, nah, that's kind of not what I'm thinking. Because in the big picture of things, that does not fit in. Here's the truth here at Mount Salem. If you've got an idea, God has given you that idea. You can bring it to the pastor and I may give you some input of how that fits in or if it doesn't fit in. We've got a plan here. If we, wanted to, if we wanted to start a school here at Mount Salem Baptist Church right now, that ain't going to work here. It just ain't going to work. It's not part of the plan. So we're not starting a daycare. We're not starting a mother's morning out. We're not doing any of that. just doesn't fit for who we are, where we are as a congregation right now. That's not going to work here. But if you've got something that will work and build this up, then guess what my job to do to here as the leader is to empower you. God spoke to you about it. You are a part of the body. And though you may be coming to me because we need to all be on the same page and I'm trying to give direction to keep us on the same page, it is you. You are the person that brings life into that part of what's going on here. I do not cook. The women on Wednesday night do cook, and it's good. That imparts life to what's going on here. The WMU puts backpacks together. I'm not a backpacker. All right? All of that fits in. My wife just left and went back with the children. If you put me back with those kids right now, they'd probably be bouncing off the walls. They may have a good time. They're probably not going to learn a thing. Because I'm going to be just trying to have fun with them and make sure that when they go home and tell their mamas that I was the greatest please put Pastor Tim back there with us again. See, that would be my whole life ambition with that. But there are people who with a purpose back there to teach, to lead, to give guidance, to inspire, to pour into. And that all fits together because we all have our place. This needs to be a place where people belong. And I know that that's a phrase that's overused a lot in church today. Everybody just wants to belong. What does belong mean? It's a place where we fit in. Well, the truth is, is that we should be able to come into most any congregation that worships in a like manner of what we're used to worshiping and be able to fit in. Not hide out, but fit in. When you fit in somewhere, that's a usable piece that's a portion that's 
that's placed somewhere so that others can be built, other things can be built upon that. Hanging out doesn't do it. It's not helping anybody else. It's not growing yourself. But we got a lot of people that go to church today that want to stay in the shadows and want to be able to get in and out as quickly as possible. That is not worship. And I don't mean that the church itself is not worshiping. That's not what I'm trying to say whatsoever. That's not on the people that are leading worship. That's on the worshiper. Because all we're trying to do is sneak in and sneak out. We need to be finding places where we can invest our lives so that we can impart life to each other. So that we can build up each other. So that we can grow the kingdom and ourselves. That's what we're looking for. That's the place where we need to connect with. That's where we need to get involved in. That's what he's trying to say to us brings life. Otherwise, we're going to be like John Mellencamp. And life's going to go on and the thrill is going to be gone. And you know what happens after the thrill is gone? We move on to the next place. Looking for the next big thrill. Church hopping and church shopping. I understand when you're going from one place to the next, you need to go to different places. So you shop. But hopping is craziness. Hopping is craziness on the person, the hopper. Because something was there, and you liked it, and then it was gone. And once that was gone, you moved on. And then you got someplace new, and you hopped on, and then it was gone, and you moved on. And that repeats the cycle over and over and over and over again. That's not developing koinonia. That's not a spiritual intimacy. That's not building community. That's not commitment. So this is what God has called us to. We are independent, diversity with distinction in, an, in an, each congregation within the entity or assembly in which we're a part of. So it has many members. And all the members, though they are many, are one body. So not only we are inter independent, but we are interdependent. We need each other. We are different without division. I need Victoria. Do you know how much she does here? All the internet stuff that's updated and everything like that? That's her and Taylor, all the graphics that you see. <laughs> I don't do any of these. I don't do any of this. All this that you see every Sunday morning is one of these three ladies that's up here. Everything that you see on Sunday morning. And Teresa, all the stuff that you have that's printed for you every single week, that's Teresa. Every week. Every week. That's Teresa. All the announcements. All the bullets and stuff, all the sermon notes. She's here on Sunday morning printing and taking care of that for every single one of us. Doesn't ask for anything. Nothing. 
And in fact, on most Sundays, it's either her or Pat. They're the last ones to leave because you know what they're doing? They're going behind us and picking up all the trash and carrying it out. So after you're, as you're eating lunch and in line and going, man, we got here late today. Pastor Tim let us out 10 minutes later. There's somebody still here, empty in the trash can from where you threw something away, making sure the doors are locked and the lights are out and no water's running. And they don't do it for me to stand up on Sunday morning and go, hey, let me point them out. They do it because that's their part in this. But you know what? You're dependent on them. Because you'd be sitting there right now going, I don't have a clue where he's at in this sermon if it weren't for those notes. And I'm going to tell you something. The notes are not there for you. The notes are there for me. They really are. So that I know the progression of where I need to go, where I need to start, and when I need to finish, and all that stuff. So the notes are written down to work me through the message that God has laid on my heart, but also there to provide information from that for you so that you can follow along. And there's a person in the middle of all that that keeps all that going. We're interdependent upon each other. Interdependent. So when we're sitting at home and we think that we can live without the body, we're living out of community. We're living out of fellowship. And we wonder why life gets sucked out of us when we're out by ourselves. When we are out by ourselves, not in fellowship, not in community with other believers, we're gonna, the light that's within us is not going to shine as brightly. Because we need each other to fan the flame. It's that important. It's that great of a need. We live in a society today where suicide rates really, really high in comparison to where it used to be, okay? And more and more people at all ages, I don't know if you guys read, and I'm not trying to be a downer here, but I think it was like an 11-year-old or something within the last couple of weeks took their life. Like an 11 or 12-year-old took their life. When we lose hope, when we have nothing that we think that we can look forward to, our mind will spiral into all kinds of different places. We need each other. We need community. We need to communicate. A lot of people will go, on Wednesday night, we spend a good bit of time in prayer. You know what the cool thing about prayer time here for me is? Is it helps me stay connected. Because you know what? Most people today don't call their pastor when they get sick. But they do call one of you guys. Somebody knows that somebody's not feeling well. And so on Wednesday night, I get an update on who is really ailing in the congregation. And so on Thursday and Friday, between Wednesday and Sunday, I'm able to make some kind of communication that goes on and find out what's going on with somebody so that I can make the necessary and needed contact. 
Or, you know what, when you're in Sunday school class and you're writing down all your prayer requests, on Sunday night, Teresa sends those to me. She types them up, sends them to me, and so I get them, and then I can make a contact on Monday or Tuesday. I didn't know that was going on with that person. I didn't know that they were having that procedure done. I didn't know any of that. So we need it not only for community, but we need it for communication. When our lives are interdependent on people, we speak to each other. And when we communicate with each other, that is passed on. When that is passed on, then Tim can show up in the right place at the right time. And I look really, really good. But the truth of the matter is, that was a prayer request in a Sunday school class. Or that was mentioned as a prayer request on Wednesday night. You know what's, and look, we did small groups, so we did it a little bit differently. But since I've been here, I've been I've realized the mistake that I made in church planning. All my small groups were sub; they were independent of each other, and that works if you have someone who's willing to take responsibility for that small group, meaning to be the caregiver and caretaker for that small group. But the thing that I missed was is that that small group would meet. And nobody ever told the pastor what was going on because we didn't have a prayer time like we have here together. And you know what? A lot of churches today have done away with their prayer times and their communication lacks. Went to a conference one time. Went to a conference to a large church. They said that on any given Sunday throughout all their different campuses, like three to 500 people would come in as first-time guests. First-time guests! Three to five hundred people. Their retention rate to get them to come back the second time was less than five percent. They were having three to five hundred people come through the doors for the first time, and they were able to hit on or get twenty-five or less to come back a second time. Why is that? There wasn't any interpersonal relationships taking place there. There was a greeter at a door and someone parking their car or something, and that was great, and I'm not against that, not against it at all. All I'm saying is if 30 people walked through the door there, there'd be 50 people on them like crazy going, oh, my Lord, what a great Sunday this is. We have to meet every one of them. And y'all be going back there going, Pastor Tim, give out all those coffee cups. (laughs) That was a joke. Get these people here. Get their names, their phone numbers. How can they help us? We would mug them, would we not? (laughs) With love. Mugged with love. All right? Because just to have that many people come through the doors. See the mentality. We've got this all mixed up. People are coming through the doors and places, and they're actually looking for someone to connect with them, someone to invest in their life, someone to show them love. And we're letting them just walk in and walk out. And we're missing it. We're missing fellowship. We're not engaged in other people's lives. We're not interconnected. We don't see the value and the need for each other. Now, I'm going to tell you one last thing. And I know I've been on Victoria a lot this morning on this. But 
Her personality is different from mine. And in some cases, that can grate on people. She's highly detail-oriented. She asked me a lot of questions. <laughs> you get in an email or text conversation with her, and it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I can be there at night, and I'm, you know, and next thing I know, and these two girls are just ding, 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 ding. My phone's just gone. I'm going, what are they doing? That's not my personality. But my job is to understand them. Do you get that? Your job here is to understand others. We should all have to take, I'm big into personality tests. I think they're great. We should all have to take a personality test just so I should know how to, so I can know how to talk to you right from the get-go. And you can know how to deal with me. That'd be great. And the reason being is you look at me sometimes and you go, he's just not really interested in the details of my life. I want my pastor to be interested in the details of my life. If you knew my personality, I don't even know the details of my wife's life. <laughs> People go all the time, do y'all even talk to each other? I'm like, yeah. No, I didn't know that. I'm just not a detailed guy. Big picture. If you know that about me, then we can communicate, can't we? And it can help us to not get upset. She doesn't get upset with me when she, when she has to have all these details because she knows that she has to ask those to get that out. And I don't get upset with her because I know that she is a CPA. And she has to have all of the I's dotted and the T's crossed. But I'm not going to jail with the IRS with her on my team, right? Are you getting this? I know I pointed one person out today, and I didn't mean to do that. But the, but the truth is I wanted us to be able to see this. We come in and go, that person gets on my nerves, and I don't want to be anywhere around them. But the truth of the matter is they serve a purpose here. And God put them here, not you. And if God's put them here, he's got a reason for that. And it may not be for you. It may be for somebody else or for him. So our job is not to mess that up. Our job is to make that happen. So we are interconnected. We are interdependent upon each other. We are different, but without division. Romans 12.5 says this, So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually, individually, members one of another. Go look at your concordance. Go Google, if you want to be electronic about it, one another passages in the Bible and see how many pop up. That's how interdependent we are. Over and over and over. The scripture says, one another, one another, one another, one another. Not about the individual, about the interconnectedness of us and how we're members of one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25. So that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. 
same care for everybody. That's really important, isn't it? Do y'all know who my favorites are? I don't have any favorites. It's not my job to have favorites. There are people in this congregation where my personality lines up more with your personality. And you may see me look like I'm having fun with that person because that person's personality and my personality are just kind of like synced together. They're not a favorite. It's just that we have a lot in common personality-wise. Do you get that? That doesn't make them my favorite. That just means that Tim gets to be fun Tim over there with like that. and They, they, they kind of get me. And that's okay. It's, I don't dislike. I'm not mad at. I'm, I'm not trying to avoid anyone. We just connect that way. That's why, that's why you have multiple Sunday school classes. That's why you have multiple deacons. There are people here that connect with James a whole lot better than me. There are people that connect with Vic a whole lot better than me. George. Everybody that's on our deacon board. It's that way. That's what our jobs are. It's part of that is to connect that way. See, that's the importance of it. I'm going to tell you one last thing and then I'll close. I've used this before and I think I've told, I may have told the congregation this. I know I've used it on Wednesday nights. <clears throat> the pastor, most studies show that the pastor is the reason that most people stay. The pastor is also the reason that most people go. He's not the reason that most people come. Do you get that? The reason that most people show up is because of everybody else in the congregation. And then they stay because they like the guy that's up there or, you know, the worship or something. There's an aspect of it that they stay. But the reason they leave the most of the time is right here. He said something, did something, didn't do something. Do you realize that if we were all doing our job as the body of Christ, that makes this job that much easier? Let me tell you why. Because when they become upset with me, they love you more. That makes sense. They've so built a relationship with you that they can put up with me. And just because I didn't do, say, or did do or say something, that's not going to be the difference. They won't leave the body because of the body. won't split the church we won't come apart at the seams because of one person because of one thing remember the old hymn 
him the tie that what? That binds. The tie that binds us. That's what holds us together. And when that tie is greater than a, than one person, the body is strong. Our job here is to strengthen this body and make it stronger. The stronger it is between you guys, the stronger it is for everybody. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the fact that you give us life, um, and that you allow that life to flow through us and into each other. Father, that we are interconnected, that the power of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship that we have together is hugely important, not only in our life emotionally, but spiritually. Lord, help us to connect. Help us to be able to communicate with each other. Help us to do all that's within us to understand how other people are wired and how their personalities and how their idiosyncrasies and how their experiences are a part of what's needed here to move forward. How do we know what's needed here? Because you brought them here. You placed them here for your purposes. May we all look forward to growing in Christ's likeness so that our lives may inspire many to believe. Father, it's these things we ask, these things we pray for, these things we need in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand together and sing. I hope that this morning that this has been an inspiration to all of us to be able to think about where we are and who we are as part of our identity but as far as the, the corporateness of this body. And if there's anyone that needs to speak with me or wants to come up to the altar, this is all open to you.